The guy has cancer, man. I found pills in his pocket. Okay, the same ones my dad took for like pancreatic cancer. So, a guy with cancer can't be an asshole? Huh, believe me, I speak from experience. I can't rip off a guy with cancer, I'm sorry. Do you know how many of the suckers we've ripped off have sob stories, every single one of them? Besides, it'll be months before they even realize they've been taken. This guy will already be dead, so please get back in your truck, go back to the house, and finish the job. No, man. I can't do that. I can't. All right. <laughs> I get it. You get over it. Okay? Please, believe me. You, before you know it, you forget all about it. Go. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast and welcome to our 101st episode where we may or may not be returning to bad habits like like our boy Gene. Joining me today to discuss the 11th episode of Better Call Saul's final season is always waiting by the payphone to give me some not so good news. It's Abu Bay! Good to be here and this week... We are breaking bad. <sighs> this week we're breaking bad. Anyways, um, I have so much to say about this episode. I don't. Anyway, let's talk about this episode. Um, but before we go sure, into Peter sure. Soul and Breaking Bad and Walt and Jimmy and Gene and everyone, um, first of all, it would be well. I guess we will just talk about it off air. But I guess I can say it for the public. You just celebrated your birthday, so congrats, happy birthday! Thank you very much. Yesterday was a very nice day. Speaking of. It's been a nice day. Oh, that's good. some good TV came out on your birthday. That's, that's 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 fun. Have you seen Industry, the premiere season two premiere of Industry? I have not watched that yet, but I'm going to do so tonight. Yeah, well, I lo- I actually really like that show, and I like well, I like Ao's thoughts on certain things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like I like that show a lot. I'm looking forward to, to watching the beginning of season two tonight. Yeah, um, and when you do that, you we talk about it later. Yeah, when you do that, you can go listen to our episode on on season two, episode one. Yeah, um, that's right, guys. What we'd have episodes on this season two premiere of Industry. We are going to be covering season two weekly on um, this season. The episodes will go up immediately after the episodes finish airing on HBO Strike HBO Max. So. Um, yeah, that's right. No matter where you are, once you watch the latest episode of Industry, the episode will be out for you to listen. So you can listen to Ayo and I's thoughts about the messiness of Pierpoint. Also, we might be releasing some interesting episodes on some interesting shows over the next few weeks. We'll figure all that out. But how best can you keep abreast of all these episodes, you might ask? Well, you follow us. That's how. You follow us the same way the DA were following Francesca everywhere um follow us on whatever platform you're listening on right now beat spotify apple podcast google podcast follow us on instagram and twitter and then just rate and review us because you like our voices and you think that we're doing a good job or rate and review us because you don't like our voices and you're tired of me begging every time whichever way just rate and review us so yeah i don't want to spend too much time because i really want to get into this better console episode so yeah we're gonna talk about better console season six episode 11 we have two episodes left to the the series finale the Gillingas. Gilligan vs. Finale. Um, this episode is titled Breaking Bad, as ABB alluded to at the, um, at the beginning of this episode. And it's written by, it's written and directed by series stalwart Thomas Schnauz, whose last outing was obviously <laughs> the Candle episode. Let's just refer to it. Everybody does that. The Candle episode series. <laughs> 
I did get one call after everything went down. Kim, checking in on me. No kidding? Mm-hmm. Your name came up, asked if you were alive. She asked about me. What did you tell her? Nothing. But she asked. Yep. Okay, so <clears throat> let me, I just want to get your, your general thoughts before we go too, too deep. What are your general thoughts on this episode? What do you think of this episode? I thought it was a bit weird. Um, I feel like it was, it was interesting how we got new information and context on things we already knew about, mm -hmm. even the infamous Lalo moment and such, you know. I think there's the, there's a lot of good Easter eggs. I don't know how I feel about the jumping back and forth. The transitions were nice, especially during the montages. Mm -hmm. They're beautiful. Um, but there were parts of there were parts of those um, back and forth scenarios. I guess in terms of the time jumps, that felt a little bit um, jarring. But like I said, it was cool to see some of those Easter eggs. Like we we know that there's a moment in Breaking Bad where Saul goes to talk to Walt mm -hmm. in his classroom. And what we've essentially just seen is, you know, the process of that happening. Yeah. And how, and I think it's very telling that they took their time to show us Mike really, really not wanting him mm -hmm. to do that. And, you know, Mike being right overall, think, because now we see that it's essentially Saul's fault yeah. that things kind of went downhill. Yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get back to, to that in a second. And those two special guest stars. Um, as an episode of television, I don't think like I have thoughts on it in terms of like a piece of art. I mean, it's it's so right, um, solid, really solid. Oh, it was so depressing. I, I found it so depressing to watch. Truly, even trying to rewatch it, I could not concentrate. I could not like. It was, and let's just let's let's go into it because I don't think I was happy once during this episode, <laughs> except maybe seeing Walt and Jesse Baker. I don't think I was happy at all throughout the episode. Yeah, honestly, it's, it was such doom and gloom right from, you know, this guy going back to dude's house. And speaking of which, that that lady getting a computer might be the death of them all. I just really hope she's not awake to to do something that is inconvenient later on. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, them going back, him picking things up. I really want to know what he said to Kim if he got Kim on the phone. So, you know, mm -hmm. we don't know. At first, I thought he was doing those scams as some, I thought that had something to do with the Kim situation. I don't know. Maybe that sent him over the edge or maybe he was trying to get back at somebody who had hurt Kim or whatever. But then it becomes clear that he's just no. doing it yeah. because I guess he needs the rush again, which is bad because so, you're supposed to be hiding. <laughs> so I had a question I was going to ask you, which is, do you, I guess you've kind of answered it being that you don't really know, but like, what do you think is the thing that pushes him? Is it because he had a taste of of blood in the last episode with the, with the more scam, or is it that conversation with Kim, quote unquote, that really is like, oh, I'm going back to being Saul? I think it's whatever happened on the phone. Honestly, mm -hmm. I, I think mm -hmm. it's whatever happened on the phone because the truth is, he did what he did um, in Nippy as a matter of self defense. Yeah. It was insurance. Mm -hmm. He was trying to make sure that all his um, all his flanks were covered. He saw a little bit of a threat, a little bit of a like tiny chip in his armor, 
And he wanted to make sure that that was dealt with immediately, you know, swiftly, firmly. And now, you know, it's like, I think it's something I've said about Jimmy before um, in some of our conversations. He really likes to, I guess he needs to establish that he's in control of certain situations. When he loses power, he kind of lashes out, but he doesn't lash out in typical ways of aggression Mm -hmm. unless it's, you know, towards panes of glass and trash cans. Um, (laughs) But usually he ends up just trying to assert his dominance and control by winning somehow. And it turns out that the easiest ways to win usually are the most seedy ways (laughs) to win. Mm -hmm. So he ends up going through something like that. And I guess he... He wants to feel like he can still enjoy something. Sometimes it's to get his mind off things. And that's because at, at his core, Jimmy is a deflector. He tends to run from issues. He doesn't really confront them. And I think that's one of his, you know, fatal flaws, um, so to speak. Yeah. Like if we say Walt's fatal flaw is pride, we could say Jimmy's fatal flaw is maybe denial. Not necessarily cowardice because he does have bravery, but I think it's sort of, um, a hesit- um, it's like this. He has this hesitation to um, to reckon with himself, essentially. So I guess whatever happened on that phone call, he decides that he wants to kind of get his mind off of that. He starts scamming people who he believes are quote unquote assholes, which even leads me to another part of his thought process and all this. He always feels like he's doing it to people who deserve it. Yeah, he's like, I've gone out of my way to find people who are like, you know, who have money, who live alone, blah blah blah. And at first, I wondered if he was even sparing that cancer guy. I wondered if he like gave him a different cow or something. But it oh, turns yeah, out yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, you kind of you, um, because we've spent yeah. we spent almost ten years watching Jimmy. Like you kind of yeah. believe that it's still a bit of anyway, which is a bit of good in Jimmy. He's, well, he's lost his humanity, right? So yeah. So I kind of I would I'm more inclined to agree with the fact that it's the conversation or lack thereof that conversation with him that pushes him over the edge i guess the only real argument against that would be that he was already wearing marco's ring during that phone call so Mm -hmm. maybe but i still think it's that um before going into the details of the episode i want to talk about the the title of the episode um very meta because obviously it's tight it's tight to break breaking bad right and yeah when you see that i was like i was like okay i'm like fair enough that you guys are you guys actually have like the balls to just name it breaking bad because okay this is the episode that Walt and, and Jesse are going to come in. But also, yep. obviously, Saul's first appearance in Breaking Bad is titled Better Call Saul. Yeah. And then this one is titled Breaking Bad. Such symmetry. And I'm like, oh, that's it. And then it's only when as I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, wait. It's not just that, though. Like, Gene is Breaking Bad. It's the fact that Gene is Breaking Bad, yeah. Gene is Breaking Bad. And we're almost kind of seeing Saul break bad as well. Yeah. Like, everyone, like, it's not... Saul was doing stupid scams or quote unquote or class action suits. He wasn't, he wasn't like representing a drug kingpin before this friend this of, part the of his life. So, <laughs> so Saul is Saul is Breaking Bad. Gene uh, is Breaking Bad, and just like oh, I I get okay. It's not just like a cute Easter egg title. It actually like really deeply relates to the the themes yeah. of the episode. Mm-hmm. And based on what you said earlier about how just. Last week's um, scam in the Nippy episode kind of had a higher purpose to it, right? He wasn't doing it to to feed himself or to get money. He was doing it to kind of save his life and, and yeah. protect himself, right? And, so, and it was fun. It was, I, I listened to or read, I can't remember what I did, <laughs> a review 
that kind of described it as like a victimless crime. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of what like if which is why we could che- we could cheer for it. But for me, the disparity between between watching that con or that heist in Nippy episode and watching this one is so huge. Like I was so depressed watching this. This was not fun at all. Because you don't <laughs> want this for this, this was, guy, I was like, right? yeah. oh my God, what are you doing? Like I was oh just no need. <laughs> I, which is a, which is a random coincidence because I think it was on it might actually be on the episode that just came out, or maybe it was in our previous episode talking about industry. I was talking about how one of my worst TV, I guess you can call it tropes, is the addict relapsing. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I give Succession as an example. Like we know it's going to happen, and we know why it should happen because that's real life. That's what happens is struggle and all that. But I just Still personally hits. like I don't like yeah. I don't like Kendall. <laughs> being sober for seven episodes and then not being sober and then this is almost like that because he's relapsing he's becoming like you're like you're you're there you're you are literally out don't do this yeah don't do this gene it's this almost is- self-destructive in a sense and i don't think i've been ever more sure that like he's not because again this is something that we mentioned we kind of like oh this is last week's episode was as a finale is the best possible ending Jimmy stroke soul stroke Jane could have right. It's yeah. the best case scenario is as happy and ending as they're gonna get. And watching this week's episode, I'm, I'm, I haven't been more sure that he's not gonna have a happy ending. Like, yeah, this, man, like, it's this so is sad. Not ending in a happy from, way for from him. the mom finding out to one of these guys to having a literal like moral compass all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. To I, I mean, now there's just too much information that's out there. There are too many moving parts. Like, his happy idiots from before, those are, like, smart, happy idiots, at least to an extent. Like, Huel is very, very trustworthy. He is dependable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about Jeffy and Buddy. Like, in, and these guys, they don't seem that smart. Jeff is, not, Jeff is not keeping quiet for you. He's definitely Jeff is not, not. Jeff is not Huel. Um, Gosh, man. I don't know. Like, he's just, he's endangering himself. Like, now, he went from trying to polish off scratches in the armor to taking like a battle axe and just whacking it. Yeah, it's, it's really, because like, I mean, it is, we can have an entire episode on what's like the Gilligan verse does with morality and how they reward morality or lack thereof, right? Who they deem is, is a good person or is a bad person just, to, or is a good person stuck in a bad situation or whatever, right? But I think the moment Gene decides to go back into this life and then decides to go ahead with the cancer patient, they're like, okay, this guy is not, yeah, he might not be Walter White or Heisenberg or Gustavo Fring, but he's not a good he person. sounded like them, though. Very much so. And I, I don't think it was only this episode that I realized even just the, the what do you call it, the facial connections with, with Walter. Was the yeah, most, I was it, like, oh, yeah, he has a mustache yeah, as well. He was literally, it was giving Walter. Like, the whole time, yeah. it was just giving Heisenberg. The way he said it, the way he was like, go, we don't need you. Keep your mouth shut. Like, it was... It was almost a mirror image. And I remember just thinking, my goodness, this is literally giving Walt you. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's, it was the moment he ordered the swing master. And I was like, oh, fuck. Fuck, Sol is, Sol is yeah, out. Now you're just enjoying for enjoying it. I was like, oh, Sol is <laughs> out. This is this is Sol coming out, isn't it? Like, it's just, that's the type of pleasure that, you know, is a very Sol-like pleasure. I'm like, oh, like, oh. And yeah. I was like, maybe that happens. We go into the, the montage of, 
um, the the heist and the strip club and the sex workers and mm-hmm. removing the glasses and I was like, oh my god, this this is so depressing to watch. I I've never felt so depressed watching a TV character downward, downward spiral. I was like, oh, and it's not as if I, I don't think I was someone that was cheering. Like I, I wasn't like give Jimmy McGill a happy ending, but I didn't realize how painful this would feel. I didn't realize how depressing watching this would feel. I was like, oh, this is this is not fun at all. I mean, it's one thing to watch. Um, the episode of uh, the episode of Point and Shoot, no, sorry, Fun and Games. When that ends from the Kim and Jimmy fights to Saul, that's already quite depressing and sad. But but this watching him go back to Saul is is yeah. Um, point of note: obviously, um, this episode starts with Francesca, or it starts with the it's not me, it's Ignacio scene. But mm-hmm. after the cold open, it starts with Francesca going to answer this phone, uh, this payphone. And that's a reference to, I think it was season four, episode five, quite a ride or something, something like that, mm-hmm. in which we see a flash forward to, which I'm assuming is the Ozymandias episode of Breaking Bad, in which Saul is clearing out his office and he tells Francesca to answer this phone at this time. Um, and now I think, based on my research, or research being reading reviews, I think his, that date is November 3rd, which would be 2010. And apparently that's Jimmy's birthday. That's Jimmy's 50th birthday. So, I mean, we've seen i.e. Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes creators forget their characters' birthdays. But it just feel like Breaking Bad, Gillingerverse, Better Call Saul, don't make that mistake. Like, they, they know that that's Saul's 50th birthday. Huh. So, is and I, I mean, how does, how does Breaking Bad start? It's Walter White's 50th birthday. Yeah. He breaks bad that this is like... It's 50 and it's like, it, and then that's when they saw decides, or Gene rather decides to break bad into Saul. So I can't be like, as I have a, nothing left to lose. I'm not going to go down exactly. sedentary. I have to, like, almost as if he's punishing himself. It's like, well, I guess, I guess I might as well just blow it all up, which is a very Walt thing to do. Oh my goodness. It's, yeah, it's like, when I realized, when I read I was 50th birthday, I was like, oh, this is, this is, this makes sense. Like, yeah. yeah. Because this could be the pilot of another show. This could this could be the pilot Quite of a, another four five season show. So, like I said, this episode is written and directed by Thomas Schnauz. He's obviously his last run on the show, um, and he's like he's the third prong of the trinity of the show, right? Is is Gold and Gilligan yeah. and, and Thomas Schnauz, and exactly there are just some transitions in there that I think were just <laughs> apart from being beautiful, there were a lot that were very thematically. Poignant. I mean, the one, the best one to me, the the coffin one, when the grave, the, yeah. the grave one, and then it it's blended to to look like Saul is is or rather Gina actually is being buried alive. It's I mean, which I guess yeah. it kind of was. Oh, they're, they're literally it's like they're saying it's so depressing. It's like they're telling that they're nodding to us and saying, you know what, this does end up being his grave. He does end up going down this hole at some point. It took years, but. Here he is. And then they proceed with the whole like prostitute thing with the strippers and all that stuff, the money going down. And it's like, it's like, it's like they were, it's like that whole sequence was silently saying, this is where he's going to end up. Mm-hmm. This is how he's going to get there. And this is why. So what? it's, it's just, and, and it's just like, you, you can't really justify it because you're like, why are you doing this? You worked so hard. Then you worked hard to dodge accountability. You somehow succeeded. Yes, you're sad now. But this could be a lot worse. Why are you destroying this? <laughs> you know, like it just there's no need for you to break bad. At least with Walt's case, there was some justification mm-hmm. at first, theoretically. Mm-hmm. But 
I guess maybe in Jimmy Jean Saul's case, <laughs> maybe that justification does exist. But it's inside that phone call that we don't know. Oh, I, I definitely think there's something like we don't know what the call is, but like there's definitely something there that uh, it's bad. Like the way he loses his, his yeah. shit, it's bad. It, it could be, it could range from like the fact that Kim is dead to the fact that she calls him a murderer. What I don't know. Like it's definitely something there that is just. But it's like, look, I don't agree. I don't understand. <laughs> but I know why he he broke bad and started doing the scams again. That's. We yeah. understand that, like he's he's Jimmy, but why would he go back to the Kevin Sussman Sussman's character? Like, unless that character has something that is so important. Like, I mean, this is Jimmy. I guess it's not Jimmy. That's the whole point, I guess. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I saw a review where they where they kind of said that. Um, I'm sorry, no free ads because all these people that I'm reading reviews are all bigger bigger platforms than me, so whatever. Um, <laughs> that's, my, that's my pettiness. Uh, <laughs> No, so I saw a review where they kind of described last week's heist as a Jimmy heist and this week's heist as a Saul heist. It's obviously yeah. That's why they get that's why they get paid they get paid the big bucks because it makes yeah. sense. Um, that does make sense. Yeah, I have to give it to them. No, but just because like Jimmy is the person who was like, look, Kim, this judge is different from the one we have. Let's abort here, and it like just don't go ahead with this. It makes like I don't understand why he's doing this. Like why he's going to the house. He's breaking in. Like, it's just one score. Literally, once that glass broke, I was like, bro, like, you can't let one go. If he, exactly, you actually can't like, just let one go. You can't say, okay, <laughs> I'll do two tomorrow or something. Like, it's not that deep. Like, I need to know why he feels like he needs to actually go back. He could even do zero tomorrow. Like, like it's, not, it's, not like, it's not like with a drug cartel where, like, you know, people are waiting no, to exactly, money there's no the quota. Like, and you know you have to bring it or you get shot. There's, like, you don't have to do this. Nobody is waiting on you. Nobody is depend. Like, none of you have dependents. All the three of you are doing. You're just doing this for the sake of doing it because I, I, I don't know. Like this is this whole thing is self-destructive. And if, if Buddy and it's, Jeff are like, it's weird. Do we, do we, and he's not even like he's not using the money. Obviously, he's storing the money. It's just a lot of like, why do you need to do this? Which is also a very what thing to do. That that's another moment that it that it hit me. And that would not come back to play a part. Of course, it won't in the next two episodes. <laughs> um, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I. I I can't remember the. I mean, I'm sure I've experienced, and I'm sure I've said it on the podcast. But I can't remember the last time I just felt this depressed watching a watching a show, and I was like, "Oh, come on, come on, Jimmy!" Like, and it's it's weird because I don't. It's not what I expect. He's not this beacon of like morality. I don't expect more from Jimmy Stroke Saw Stroke Gene, or mm-hmm. I, I wasn't rooting for him. I just like, just come on, like you, like you, you're better than this. I I know like, he's better than this, here, even if he's like, <laughs> I know he's better than this. Yeah, I mean. We should mention that Francesca kind of gives us some more tidbits into the, I guess, the the time span between the end of Breaking Bad and the beginning of, or end of El Camino, which I know you haven't seen, but like... Yeah, she mentions that his car is at the, at the border Border, yes, well. which is something that happens in El Camino. Um, they mm-hmm. kind of put his border, I think, they put his car by the Mexican border, but I think he goes north. So obviously, so anyone that is looking for him is going the other the other direction. Yeah. She mentions that Skylar, yeah, Skylar has got a deal, which obviously means that the whole thing that Walt gave her about um, Hank and Gomi's buddies worked in helping her get a deal. She mentions that he went back home because he wasn't just left in that room. Yeah, we thank God. <laughs> One question before, I don't know if I should ask this now or before we go into Walt and Jesse, but... It's been a while since I rewatched Breaking Bad. I can't remember when I did it, but it's been a few years. Uh-huh. Did we know that Saul was this instrumental in like the connection of 
Walt, Jesse, Gus, Mike. Is that something we knew from the show? Or like, because it, from this, it clearly shows that he was very like, he's the reason that this, these two worlds combine. Like he, he's, he's more instrumental in the events of Breaking Bad than we actually thought it was. From at least from what I get, I think we did know. Do do we know? Okay, I think we did know because he was kind of um, the the glue that served as a mutual party, essentially. Because he starts out as their, you know, lawyer who represents criminals. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesse is the one who's like, you know, this guy's supposed to be really, really good. Blah blah blah. But they don't know who he's working for. I mean, in this situation, um, he tells him. I think. Like Saul actually tells Mike, like, is this is this you saying this or is this about he who shall not be named? Which he's talking about Gus, right? It's Gus. And then yeah, but I realize that does Jimmy does like does Jimmy slash Saul even know Gus? I don't think they ever. That's what I'm saying. So I think in Breaking Bad we don't get the idea that Jimmy knows that um, that Mike is working for Gus until I think much later, much yeah. later in the show. But from this, yeah. we, we get the impression that he already knows. Like, so it's like, okay, he's more. He knows Mike's work, Mike works for someone, but he doesn't know who. Oh no, I think he knows. I think he knows who. I think he knows who. Hmm. I think he's just doing yeah. like the Voldemort thing. I, I don't think he's like he's like I don't know who you're talking about. Just, yeah. I think he knows who, but he's like I don't want to mention his name. Yeah, probably. Because... Actually, now that I think about it, he does know. I mean, especially after all the stuff that happened with Lalo. <laughs> yeah, he definitely knows. Um, but yeah, he. I think he he wondered like, is this somebody that we should bring into this thing? He's wondering if he should let it go. So I don't know if that's... I think it's a mix of Jimmy, or I guess Saul in this particular case, trying to ensure that Walt... It's the Jimmy in Saul that's trying to ensure that Walt um, can take care of his family, can get the money to do to deal with the whole cancer thing. And there's also the Saul in Saul that's like, this guy could bring us a lot of money. Let's try and bring him in. So it's kind of like empathy versus greed. That's a very so sympathy versus greed. That's a very so, hopeful read, and I'm going to hold on to that because I did not read it at all. Like, I read it just as Saul wanting to manage him and take ten percent. Like I didn't even read it as yeah. caring at all because again, this shows us that he knows about the cancer way earlier than like when yeah. Ward tells him way, in way, way earlier. So it's like. Uh-huh. I mean, that's a hopeful reader. Let's hold on to that for a little shred of humanity that Jimmy has left. But I, I did not read really yeah, like that. Yeah, that's literally Jimmy doing that. Mm-hmm. But Saul, like, it was definitely about getting money out of the guy. So I, I would hope that there's some Jimmy in there that's like, you know, let's let's try and like actually see why this guy is doing this. And I guess he's looking for some kind of justification. Um, but it could also be that there's no Jimmy involved in this at all. And this is just about him not letting it go. Mm-hmm. But the way he didn't want to let it go, even after Mike told him to, makes me feel like there's a little bit of depth there. Like there's some kind of reason he's mentally slash emotionally invested in this guy. What I should have done before this, I will go and do it now, is actually watch that scene again, like the the chemistry class scene. Because obviously we know what he's going to do. He's about to go ambush Walt in this chemistry class. I need to go read what that scene yep. again. Um but yeah, it's just it's just weird how every scene now with Saul is just tinged with this kind of oh my god, like it's like they promised. Yeah, you know, you'll see Breaking Bad differently. Like they, they, that's like, those are their exact words. But I, I do think like apart from all that, I think Saul has gone from being not bumbling but the colorful side character lawyer to at least to me, he's now someone who has a lot more agency. Integral. And yeah. I was like, oh, you do know who Gus is, and you you are kind of like setting these things in motion like you you do want mm-hmm. what like i know we do know that Gus is interested for whoever heisenberg is right he or at least he interested in the blue meth at this point even he's like because gil talks about how Gus has been obsessing about the blue meth for a while so even if like 
Gus is saying that they're small potatoes right now. We know that like he still wants to know like yeah, especially now that we've seen that this lab didn't just the lab didn't just exactly. pop out of nowhere. Seen... <laughs> exactly the amount of work that went into making that lab. Yeah. A lab specifically for cooking meth. So You know how I'm sorry, this is random, but you know how they say like if somebody dies in a property, you should disclose it. Mm-hmm. Like that's what do you think God should be telling his chemists that look, two people are buried on, underneath this lab? So, so if you see, I don't think he, I don't think he ever would. So if you see a random fly flying around, it might be their ghost. <laughs> just yeah, maybe. That's... They'll spend an entire episode just trying to trying to kill it because you're not going to catch it. Um, I can only see Gus saying something like that as he threats to be like, "Oh, by the way, oh, yeah. the guys before you, yeah. they're on, they're they're, on, they're under the ground." <laughs> yeah. I think with the things we've seen now, happy endings are looking less and less optimistic. It's just you know th- this could have ended on like some type of neutral, you know, what if notes. But I guess, I guess uh, Saul within Gene can't let that happen. I mean, we, yeah. Because we, the writers can't let that happen. Yeah, we did say that last week's episode was a, like, if that was a finale, that's as best a happy ending the finale yeah. you could get. That's a series finale, right? Uh, if you wanted to give them... Yeah, we're a, having a whole bunch of endings. Yeah, as in like, if the episode, if the show ended with the last two episodes, i.e. we see how Kim leaves him and then he becomes so... And then Breaking Bad happens, and then we see him do one last con in, in what they call it, in Nebraska, and then it ends there. I mean, it's a very, it's as happy an ending as a show like this could ever get. Like, there's just, yeah. there is no happier ending. Like, it's not going, it's not going to run away with Kim in the sunset. That's as happy an ending as it could be. But like, the show is like, mm, that's not what I'm going to give you because maybe because these guys believe that this character is a lot worse than a lot of us actually think. Probably, I, like, I think, yeah, Jimmy Stroke saw Stroke Jane is a bad character, but I never thought he was as bad as probably the writers believe he is, which is another thing because I think the writers of Breaking Bad, i.e. the same writers, plus some extra writers, were always like, Walt is a bad guy. It's a bad guy who just but didn't people have the resources kept on saying, to yeah. People also know, people also like Team Walt and like Skyline's the villain. <laughs> and people are like, no, Walt didn't, yeah. Walt didn't die. So they're like, okay, you guys didn't want to get to the first time. We're going to double down now and let you guys know that this guy is a bad guy. He's like, not, these guys are not, they, they are not morally the, sound. Exactly. They're not the role models you think they are. Like uh, The Breaking Bad fandom is, especially online at least, let me not generalize, but it's, it can get tw- quite toxic, especially in their, in their love for Walt and hatred of Skylar, in which you're like, this is not, the, and the writers are like, this is not the character we're, we're writing. Like, you guys are reading this character wholly wrong. Like, this guy is not a good guy. So, I think maybe it's them being like, okay, look. And this is the second time they've, okay, you didn't watch Camino, but like, this is the second time that they're saying, that, look, Walt, mm-hmm. Walt is dead. Because there are all these theories around that like, he yeah. survived or whatever. Like, no, Walt is dead. And like, dead. Why? why? Why Why do people need that to because, be the case? Because to them, like he, was, like... he was the hero. Like, it's the, I guess it's the Don Draper thing. Like, they, they think Walter White is the hero. And then the writers are like, no. So maybe now they're like they're doubling down, like, look, this guy is not good. And the funny thing is that Don Draper knows he is not the hero. Deep down, Walter also knows he's not the hero. Gene is definitely aware of it. Like this whole thing reminds me. Do you him think of, Gene like, is aware um, he's not the hero? Alan. At this point. I think at this point he kind of is. I think I think he You don't think he's still in that delusion. I think he doesn't forgive himself. Like he he could have been a hero. He wanted to be a hero. Situations from a whole bunch of angles, including Chuck led him to a point where he felt like, well, he had to be the villain because it's easier and more lucrative anyway. Mm-hmm. Because Jimmy has always been a guy who wants to take the easy way out. Like he is, his whole MO has been shortcuts from the beginning. He learned it from the people who used to rob his dad. He learned it from all kinds of other things. That's why he started doing the scams in the first place. You know, so I think there's a lot to 
to sort of be gleaned from the way he reacts to certain things, the way he ponders every move now. I mean, he sits in silence, taking stock of what he's doing, what he's done, what he might do. And, beco- and he's becoming more and more ruthless in a way that resembles Walt. So mm-hmm. I think he's kind of aware of that degradation morally. And he's just accepting it. It's almost as if it's some kind of self-inflicted um, retribution. But people will still want to root for the character doing all these things the way they rooted for Waltz. And it, it reminds me of like Alan Moore and Watchmen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because like, because literally like there are these people who would like ride or die for Rorschach. And, he's, and Alan Moore actually came out and told them, you are all sick. Like you are psychos. Because I don't know how you cannot clearly see that this guy is not meant to be your role model. Mm-hmm. The whole point is to show that this is what you should not be. Look at where it gets him. Like, this is somebody who doesn't sleep. He walks around like a homeless guy during the day, and then he fights people at night, literally beating the crap out of them for no discernible reason. Of course, he's, of course he has mental health issues. He was trying to say, this is what Batman should actually be. Should, <laughs> like, if he's never sleeping, this is how he's supposed to look. He's mm-hmm. not your hero. Like, Rorschach is... He has all these radical ideas too. And we even see in the Watchmen TV show, like after the comics, you know, we see how the people who co-opted Rorschach's message have turned it into something that it really w- might never have even been intended to be. And, you know, people kind of fix things into their own agenda. So I don't know. I think, you know, the Walt is King people need to hold it. <laughs> they just need to calm down for a second and look at what's actually going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let, quickly, speaking of Walter and Jesse, um, what did you think of their use in this episode? I thought it was interesting. I thought the, I thought the performances were actually funny. <laughs> Aaron Paul, as Jesse, seemed a little bit surreal. It was always like, he just seemed kind of tired the whole time. And I just thought that was. But a I think that's funny. how Jesse Especially, was, you know. Jesse was just like, yeah, you oh know, my was. god, always like him. I forgot, exactly, I forgot how exactly. much they used to bicker. <laughs> like, yeah, the bickering was great. I think. Jesse actually did see Walt as a role model until he realized that he was the devil incarnate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, Walt was still a guy who wanted to, like, he wanted to bring the best out of Jesse because as his teacher from before, it's like, you have so much potential that you are not harnessing, and I don't like that. So there's a little bit of that dynamic in there. I like how, you know, you know how um, Breaking Bass and, and Better Call Saul cinematography is, like, they'll show you the little pieces so you can start to piece together what's going on. I mean, for, I think any for a lot of people who've been paying attention, you can and you, once you saw him lying there, you knew exactly what this oh, yeah, was. Yeah. But I like how they showed little by little, like they showed um, the phosphorus, they showed like um, the tools that they were using. They showed meth, and even right up at the end, they, they showed they showed the literal met, like methamphetamine, and they showed the methylamine. They show um, bullet holes on the door. They show like right at the end the bullet holes and the duct tape mm-hmm. that they've used <laughs> to cover it. Like that was really, really fun to see because he's still shouting and it's nice to, I I love it when we can see things we already know from angles that we didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how you really build worlds. So I think that way and it's fun. I think really going into, because all this, I mean, we should say that this is probably the best world ever was because this is like very early season two. I think it's like mid season two at, at most, I think. So yeah, like, really, really, really. So early. maybe like fourteen episodes in at most. So like, Walt is still. Yeah, they have some money. The fact that they have eighty k to give this guy True. means that they've been doing True. it for some time. By this point, he's probably still doing like 
I think we're still on like doing it for my family timeline. Like, yeah, I think he still believes that. Like, he's actually still doing it for his because he did his math. I remember, and he lost some money, so he had to do actually how much he needed. Yeah. So at this point, it's probably when Walt is still like a, as decent a person as you it can was be. Season three, where he shaves his head, that he start that he mm-hmm. starts to be like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. maybe I should just. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I like the fact. I mean, it's another thing where. It's like how we were shouting for to see Saul Goodman from season one. And then when we get it, we're like, oh, fuck, I don't, no, forget, I don't want to go, let's go back, let's go, I don't want it. And I think here it's like, oh, give me water and just give me water and just, and then he comes in this episode where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is, this is a good, I mean, it's nice, it's loved, I, I feel like these guys can do this performance in their sleep now. They were, they were just love, like, going into warm old shoes. But like, when you do, you're like, oh, this is, this is painful. This is like, you're showing me what, I don't like this. This is, this is I don't like the, seeing this right now. This is meant to be a fun, fun, fun experience. This is not fun at all. So yeah, I really like just like the way yeah. that this show is like. This show always gives you like they say you want this and then they give it to you and like oh no I didn't, I'm sorry I was wrong I, I didn't want this. <laughs> this is not what I wanted. Save me. <laughs> yeah, please I apologize. Uh, but yeah, and I think it's also just good how we get to see this whole episode because like I said, this all this happens in the quote unquote better course solo episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah. And we get to see it from, from Saul's point of view. We get to see all the conversations he's having behind the scenes and like kind of like the the uh, what do you call it, the thinking behind his his action. So that's I think that's really nice. I, I again I'm excited for the last two. Maybe I shouldn't be because it's probably gonna be very depressing, but at least I know where we are now, like emotionally, so I know what to expect. I'm not Yeah. Which is, I don't know, this is so surprising because it's not what I was looking for a happy ending, like I said earlier. But I'm just this I don't know, I'm surprised that this is so depressing. But mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, I guess it's two more. Gilligan and, and Gold. Um, I think hopefully to be James with you next week at, for 12 and then we'll all come back for the finale. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any, any thoughts going into the last two before we, leave up, before we leave here? I guess I just hope that not, that not too many innocents die because once, once, once there is a Walt type around, innocents start dying. <laughs> Kevin Sussman's character that has, that has cancer? Yeah, exactly. Him. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's long for this world. That's, that's yeah, all. Jeffy's mom. You know, how do we even know? Like, like we know that Gene knows a lot about Walt. He's experienced Walt. Mm-hmm. He even mentions that in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if his kind of Walt esque degradation is going to speed up. Like, he's going to become Walt faster than Walt did, uh, and then he ends up doing things very quickly that Walt that were taking Walt a long time to justify stuff like maybe killing buddy to make sure he doesn't keep he doesn't say anything Jesus. so that's what i'm saying i hope people don't start dropping dead but it's not looking good and i'm i'm definitely looking forward to finding out what was said in that phone call yeah i, I really hope I, they show us i don't I, that was again that's another reason for me to just i never thought we're never going to see um kim again but at least now i act like i believe i don't see how we don't see kim again she's in florida man she's working yeah. working for a sprinkler company <laughs> i hope she's happy or at least she's been happy these last Couple of I mean, years. at least she's not plunging sinks for. So quickly, quick question: Do you think, first of all, those guys were watching Jackie Chan Adventures, which, which I just loved. I love that that's what they were watching. Yep. Um. So, do yep. you think Francesca is a landlord or like a what do you call them when they maintain the building? I'm not sure what Issa was in security. When, when, when he said that thing, when he said we pay rent, I started to feel like she was a landlord. Landlord, right? So, which I mean, it's yeah. not. I mean, at least she got some money to to buy property, which I guess would be a nice thing. But if she's not a landlord, it just yeah. means that she's so that's doing some income as her job. Her job is just to maintain property, yeah. which is is a bit, a bit, a bit tough. She's so depressed. Being followed, being listened. At to. least she's gotten she, she's gotten something from salt. Yeah, at least now, she got some so. more money. Um, Ibube, I just want you to know, and please listen. Whatever the problemo, we can fix it with dinero. 
Mucho, mucho dinero. Oh, so much. Mucho dinero. Mucho, mucho dinero. Anyways, um, on that note, I think we can wrap it up here. I was surprised. I, I I didn't think we were able to get through this episode, but we were able to get through this very depressing episode. So thank you for helping me get we made through it. Yeah, we, do, we, we did make it. Yeah, next week it'll be depressing and action-packed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gilligan is back. Look, <laughs> look, when Gilligan is back, either it's going to be a shootout or it's going to be people walking across the desert. Gilligan is back, man. I don't know what to say to you. And it's, it's, yeah. I don't think he's written in a while on this show. Mm-hmm. I'll be mm-hmm. so, I, I, I need to check it, but I don't think it's written in a while. Anyways, um, everybody, thank you very much. See you again. Well, see you in a couple of weeks, but I'll hear you again next week. And yep. yeah, thank you to all everyone that's listening. Soul is coming to an end. <laughs> it might not be a great end, but we know it to be great television, so that's fine. Um, yeah, so shout out to regular co-host Jibs, uh, my other host, Ebuka and Chinedu. And thank you, Ebube, for this. And again, happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you very much. To everyone who's listening, please follow us wherever you're listening. Listen to our industry podcast. Industry is fun this this season. I've watched a few episodes and they're, yeah, they're very good so far. So I hope you guys enjoy industry as well. And yeah, join us next week when I'll be joined by the only person. He's the only person that I would trust to like be at the phone in like five months away. Daniel Kaluuya. Yep. Bye guys.